with me here we're going to be discussing castlevania nocturne um thank you guys for joining me here i need some help with this review um these guys also have some knowledge about castlevania as a series uh which i do not have so you know the, you, some of you guys you said you played the video games correct right i haven't played all of them i played like some re remasters on like old consoles but that's from years ago okay and what about oh, you yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't really played them. I just have some like surface level knowledge of um, you know what goes on, what goes on with them, what happens, what the characters are kind of liking them. Uh, just hmm. been okay. looking to see about uh, what the differences are between the series and and the games as well. So, okay, nice. Uh, well, let's get into it. So, um, our review of the day is going to be for Castlevania Nocturne. Um, this is set in nineteen. Uh, in 1792, during the French Revolution, here the Belmont that we're following is a Richter Belmont. Uh, we're skipping over Simon Belmont, uh, which a lot of people kind of predicted that they they kind of would follow next after Trevor Belmont. As we had the first Castlevania series, which uh, I'm a big fan of the first Castlevania series. I like it quite a bit. Um, it's one of my favorite kind of animated series. Um, the, all the different things that they did, really great vo uh, voice performances, really great, amazing action sequences. Uh, I just was looking at some of them again uh, earlier today on YouTube. Uh, really great stuff there. The really creative stuff they did with a lot of the action sequences there. Um, I was a big fan of that series. And so, like I said, this. Oh, sorry. Um, and then this follows Richter Belmont, as I said, a descendant of the Belmont Vampire Hunting Clan. Um, and he has an adopted sister named Maria uh, as they make kind of new allies um, in trying to stop, as always, uh, vampires, as they do. And this time there's a vampire messiah uh, that they have to stop. Um, so in this series, uh, it only is only eight episodes. It's shorter than the first Castlevania series because the first Castlevania, um, the season one, I think it had, what, 10, 12 episodes, I believe? If I'm correct. Season one was only four episodes because technically it was a movie. It's been uh, a movie okay. in four parts. Um, and then the other seasons grew more after that, but technically season one was supposed to be a movie, and that was kind of it. But then they were like, oh, this thing's actually popular, so we continued on. Ah, okay. Um, and with these eight episodes, um, with Casper Nocturne, I will say, as the moment, as it stands right now, I'm not a big fan of it as the first series. Um, I think, you know, kind of feels a little bit rushed to me in some spots. I don't think they flesh out things too well. Uh, but I'm going to pass it around to you all um, and get you guys' thoughts on this. So I'm going to start first with MJ. MJ, what are your thoughts on Castlevania Nocturne? Uh, I agree that it is a little rushed. Um, the Countess, we're, we're doing full spoilers, right? Yes, we are. Yeah, the Countess becoming segment pretty much at the like last moment was a little rushed to me. Um and I feel like that should have been, like, part of the second season. Because we all watched the first season, right? And you know how, like, Dracula didn't, like, the, by the end of the first season, Dracula wasn't, like, ready to annihilate everything. And then we didn't have, like, the full Dracula versus Trevor fight until season two. So, like, I feel like we should have had that with this thing. Like, why do we have, like, our Belmonts going against the big bad immediately? And then technically, they lost. I mean, they can lose. But it was it was a little rushed to me. It was like, um, like Annette um, 
story with Lur was felt fine because she's been hunting her slave masters for years, so she could kill him off in the first thing. But um, I didn't feel like the thought, the whole storyline with Maria and Tara and the priest felt a little kind of like, well, what is his motivations technically? Like, we don't see the fact that he loves them. He's just like, it just seems more like religious, religious zealotism than it is for like, oh, he's doing this out of love for them. So it did feel a little rushed. They probably could have spread this storyline against two seasons or at least gave the season like maybe two more episodes, make it an even 10 instead of eight. Mm. Okay. Um, Spud. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree that there was definitely some parts that were a bit rushed. Um, I think, yeah, her turning into Sekhmet, it was referenced a few yeah, throughout the uh, series a few times that she's drank the blood of Sekhmet. Uh, we don't really know what that's all about. So I'm hoping in, in the next season that's going to be expanded upon. Because uh, suddenly she's just this, like, ten foot tall furry cat lady instead of a vampire. Egyptian goddess thing. It, it was weird. But um, uh, I know, MJ, you said about the Abbot. I actually quite liked the Abbot's character. I mean, there were some parts that were just confu- a little confusing to me about why he'd do the things he did. But I mean, I uh, I, I did like that, the Abbot's um, character too. I just his motivations were confusing, but I did like um, how they didn't. I mean, we all again seen the first one like they killed off the father, the cardinal in the first series, and he just kind of died. Yeah, I do like yeah. how we have a religious faction that's just not that's going to be like an actual active antagonist. And not just disappear after the first season. I'm like, we're going to have the father around to be actively antagonizing us. I like yeah, that. It's it's, it's going. It's definitely going to be um fun for uh, uh, Maria to uh, confront confront her father. I I called the uh, that she she was her his daughter like a few episodes before the actual reveal. Um, don't There's know how blonde people in that, all of France. Was, yeah, it was just it, it was pretty obvious. Um I like Richter. Richter's fine as a Belmont. Um he's a bit younger than Trevor was. Uh, he, so he's a bit less experienced. Uh still very um fun whenever he's on screen to be honest. Mm. Um also uh, uh Maria's powers are really cool. Uh summoning animals. Uh if you're a fan of the games, uh you will know that uh, she has a, a, an upgrade coming, I think, uh, in season two. So that'll be good to watch. Um, you mentioned the video game. So this uh, this series is based on the video games Castlevania Rondo of Blood and Castlevania Sympathy, uh, Sympathy of the Night there. So that's the games that it's based on. Um, hmm. So, like I said, it felt kind of rushed a little bit with these eight episodes, um, and we mentioned the Belmonts, we mentioned some of his close allies, uh, some other characters here that we didn't get a chance to touch on, uh, Olrox, who's voiced by Zane uh, uh, McLaren, uh, who is a uh, indigenous actor here, and he's playing someone who's Aztec, which somebody was telling me that the Aztec term is kind of like more of an umbrella term for indigenous people, it isn't really a specific thing, or you know, something you can attach him to there. So he's playing a, an indigenous vampire there, um, I thought his voice work was really good. I thought he was very smooth, very cool, a lot of his voice work. Uh, the actor himself, you can see him, he's been in a variety of different things. He was in the movie Dr. Sleep. 
Um, he was in the show. He's in the show Reserva uh, Reservation Dogs. Um, so yeah, he's been in, in some stuff there. Uh, he was also just recently in that Jennifer Lawrence movie that came out uh, just recently, uh, No Hard Feelings. So he's been, he usually pops up in a lot of different things, but I thought I've never seen him do voice work before. And I thought he did a great job with the voice work uh, there. Um, I'm gonna ask you guys about the voice work and then also following up on a comment you guys said uh, regarding some of the abilities here that various characters have. So you mentioned uh, the character Marie, where she can kind of summon these, she can kind of uh, summon these different things that can come out of portals, you know, birds and, and lions. Those are usually two of the things that she summons out of these portals. Um, and then you also have the Antoinette uh, character here, uh, Annette character who's a sorceress who does, I think the word is um, transmutation, I believe is that the word? She can like convert different things, different materials into weapons, I believe is that the word for it to use. Um, I thought a lot of stuff she did was very good. Uh, of course, Richard Brownwell is always with his trusty whip. Um, and then, like I said, we're kind of going to full spoilers here. I didn't really understand how he went full Super Saiyan there, um, like towards the end of the season. Like he just kind of just all of a sudden unlocks all these different magic powers. Some people were saying that there's a little bit of inconsistency with the way people use their abilities here. Did you all feel that at all in this show? Uh, MJ there? Wow. Um. I guess it depends. Richter, I guess technically he lost his powers when he watched Aurox kill his mom and then he never did magic again. That type of thing. That type of story um, plot line is like, oh no, traumatic event, lose my powers, never use this again. And seeing, I guess, his the threat of them killing Maria and all of them got his powers back. But um, as far I think that's probably the only inconsistency I guess you could they um speculate on. Other than that, like Antoinette always made knives out of everything and always used metal around. And Maria um just kept so many animals. And you know, um Tara was a speaker, so we saw her use ice and fire, like we saw um Cypher use ice and fire. So I don't see the inconsistencies power-wise. Um and then that we just saw everybody kind of just use the same abilities throughout. Maybe the only thing is just they never give us a clear reason why Richter couldn't use his speaker abilities anymore. And you kind of just have to infer from the fact that when his mom was fighting Orox, um, he used his powers and that distracted his mom and that got her killed. And that's you just have you infer that that's why he no longer has power. And the threat of someone else dying because of him is also why he got his powers back. That's a much you can see as inconsistency, and that's just kind of inferring from the context clues the show gives us. Mm. Okay. Um, Spud, what about you? Um, yeah, no, I don't think there was any real inconsistencies with powers used. Um, I, I also want to add that the voice, the voice work from pretty much all of the characters uh, in the show, top notch as always. Um, really hits us out the park with the cast. Um, so Marie, her her birds, her tortoise, her tiger. Um, very you, she used those in very fun ways. I really liked some of the choreography of the scenes of how she used those to fight with. Uh, in the game, she uh, she has a dragon summon. So that's that's the little uh, upgrade that we might be seeing from her in season two, I think. 
Uh, Richter losing his powers. I inferred that it was some sort of emotional block. And then him meeting Jude. Uh, Jude, not Jude. Juiced. Juiced his grandfather. With him basically being in the same sort of place. You know, defeated. Couldn't save someone he loved. And not being able to use his powers. I, maybe I'm putting more into it than they really shown. But I think I think he was... He, Probably also saw from his grandfather what not to do, what the what the path not to follow, um, and that's why he he then unlocked his magic powers as well. And I mean, whether you think him unlocking his magic powers was a bit of a, a bit of an ass pull or not, you can't say the scene was not hype because it was. I mean, oh my god, the visuals, the music. Like it was, it was all, you know, peak. It it was it was peak Castlevania action from then on out, really. Mm. Uh, before we get into a lot of the visuals and action, I want to follow up on that uh, voice work. What do you think about a lot of this voice work in it? I like everyone's voice. Not the one stood out too much and everything. Um, I do still feel like. My only critique is, I don't know if the actress who's voicing internet is Haitian, but I do feel like she probably should have had a stronger accent as someone who's, like, spent all her life in Haiti and is now just only coming to France. She probably should have, like, a stronger, like, accented voice. Um, It sounds like... Uh, um, That's just probably my only critique, is that Ed, um, Edward and uh, and and that kind of just sound like everybody else, and they shouldn't, since they, at that point in time, they should have arrived from Haiti, and they should probably have, like, more of an accident English-speaking voice than just kind of everyone else sounding kind of mono, not mono, just, like, everybody came from the same place. Yeah. That's a bit of, uh, I love the voice work. And uh, the actress who's voicing the internet is Tuso Midu. Uh, she's South African. Uh, and and she was just in the movie The Woman King. She was the, the lead character in that movie. She was the girl in that movie. Um, so she was in that. Uh, Split, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, looking back on it now, with you bring that point up but about his, um, his character from in-game, uh, he, he does revel in the fight a little bit. So that's uh, combined with him being more young, a little more reckless. Uh, you, you can see why he would choose to to box vampires with fiery hands rather than use the actual vampire killing whip. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm sorry about that. I had to restart something. My computer just crapped down on me. Here, um, pick back where we left off there. So, Spud, you were talking about the voice work there. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was talking about the voice work. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just reiterate that. Orok's silky smooth voice. Loved him. Like every time he opened his mouth, it was he commanded presence. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of the main cast, uh, I agreed with MJ um, about their points with the, uh, the Annette and Edward. Uh, should have had stronger accents. Um, oh my god, the singing, Edward's singing. I love the singing, but I needed him to do more. More? <laughs> 
I I thought it was just enough. Any any more, and I think it would, would have got on my nerves personally. It was, it's a not lot not more singing, things. more action outside of singing. I love the singing, but I needed. He did that one shot when he killed that night creature that one time we first saw him, and then he just sat there and sang for the rest of the series. I needed him to do more than oh, just sing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I imagine there might be a bit of a subplot with him, like. Commanding a uh, night creature army, kind of like a uh, Ala Isaac in season. Ooh, that'll be three. That'd be cool if we get his own like night creature army of sentient night creatures. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Again, voice work. Edward singing, amazing. Everyone else's voice, voice acting was spot on. Like, like this is what we expect from Castlevania by now. After this, this is their fifth concurrent season now. So. It's it's yeah. it's really good, um, generally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to look for the name of the woman who voiced uh, the uh, black vampire here. Jolter. Uh, Jolter Zwentes. Jolter is the vampire. Is the vampire his name? Okay. Yeah. Um, we were I thought she, how she was it. such a fun character. On, on she was. Yeah. Oh, her outfit! I love seeing her screen. Everyone had outfit. so much drip in this show. Mm. Oh my god. The outfits mm. for this show, not Jolter as well, but just in general. I didn't. Mm. Uh, we'll get to the Countess, but mm. her outfits were were nice too. But um, mm. I think Jolter just had the best style for me out of everybody. Mm. I really liked um, Olox's style, to be honest. Oh, too, too. Purple. Yeah, he was great. Purple is like one of my favorite colors. With the green oh. accents. Green accents to match his. Green eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Larica Johnson uh, is the name of that. I don't really see uh, much for her here, uh, but I thought she did a really fantastic job here. Um, oh, uh, this is uh, no, no. <laughs> I know who she is. I can't believe she voiced Jolta. Because um, she's on P Valley and she does this horrible Southern accent. So, oh, it's never. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Um, if you ever watch P Valley, was... okay. Um, and then also she says she was in uh, Harry Potter. Um, she was the waitress in that movie. Remember the scene where uh, Harry Potter was like thinking about risking it all that time? He's reading the newspaper. Oh and... my god! Oh, wow. Yeah, in the in, in like the subway station, and um, and yeah, Dumbledore was like, "Hey, come on, Harry, we got to kill a Horcrux." Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, but." But but <laughs> but she's flirting. pretty lady, pretty lady. Yeah. She's into me. And he's like, no, come on. Yeah. Okay, um, so that's I thought, her. Yeah, I thought she did a pretty good job. Um, visual wise, um, that was such a distinctive thing in the Castlevania series, the first series, the action of it. Um, Spud, you mentioned how like that moment was such a hype moment with Richter, where he you know uses his powers and he uses his his abilities. Um, how would you all compare it to the first series, the action in this? Do you think it's on par? Do you think the animation's on par? The animation... I think the original series had better consistency and higher peaks, but the animation is still really good, has really nice moments and really crisp moments. I think in some sequences it's a little choppy. You you can see here and there, but... um. Otherwise, it's it's beautiful. It's stunning. It's still Castlevania. Mm. I, I I definitely have no really n- no real complaints at all about the animation. 
I agree. It's still, it's um, it kind of reminds me of season series one, season one, at level animation where like the action scenes were like really beautifully animated, so choppy somewhere else. Like, um, Juice fight against that vampire was was kind of choppy the way he moved and everything. Um, but like the fight at the end and the cathedral was really beautiful and like and the way Maria moved and her summonings and everything and all that or like the underground fight when we first meet Drolta that was really good too but then there's like some things um like item movement of them just talking and the way they move was kind of choppy but other than that it's still like the style is still very Castlevanian as we come to know it um Maybe the budget got cut since they weren't really sure about this being like a hit because we had like Castlevania, the first series, so beloved. So then maybe they cut the budget because they didn't want to like disappoint and lose too much money. But now that they got the season two, hopefully the even like idle animations will be a little bit better next season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you see when you watch this on Netflix, when you finish it, they'll say, yeah, this has been officially renewed for season two. Um, so season two is happening. Um, when it comes to the visuals and the animation of it, I, I think it's about on par with the first series. Uh, like you said, maybe they didn't have as much faith in this as they did the first series, um, money-wise. Uh, so they kind of just threw a feeler out there to see how people felt about this. Um, and what do you all think is the general has been the general reaction uh, from people uh, about this uh, new series here? Um, I see it's getting really great rave reviews from the critics. Uh, what do you all see kind of general from the general public here about this uh, series? From the same people, they love it. The other people, you know who I'm talking about, it's nonsense. <laughs> I but I just I see a lot of people loving it, but then again I just also see the most annoying critiques from the most annoying side of that we just been fighting for years of people just saying the most asinine things. Like why are the black people during their French Revolution and I just wanna claw my eyes out of like mm -hmm. the French revolutions of all historical things. You ask why they're black people as it is not like France is not one of the biggest slave owners of like in their history. It was just wild to me. But I see a consensus of people loving it. Um we haven't talked about the Countess yet and I think I see that's the biggest critique with everybody is the Countess is kind of lackluster. And we kind of wanted more from her and everything. Um, her presence is kind of lackluster. She's overshadowed by pretty much everybody. That's the most negative critique I see is the Countess. But other than that, same people love it. The, uh, the non-same people are just making up the most annoying things to critique it by. Because mm. the show does infuse a lot of real history into it. Uh, like I said, the French Revolution... Uh, a lot of the slave trade, uh, it does kind of infuse a lot of that history in there and talk about that. Uh, it seems like a little bit of an issue with people. Uh, Spud, what are some of your thoughts there on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a mixed bag. I mean, critics uh, have, have been loving it. Um, you can see in Rotten Tomatoes, it's been review bombed, which is very unfortunate. Um, but we, we know Rotten Tomatoes isn't a perfect rating system. And, you know, even recently, there's been flaws exposed to how they can be, how it can be, you know, rigged. Um, thirty something percent, thirty, I think it was last time I looked, is uh, the audience score. But you look on IMDb, it's 
averaging 7.7, something like that. So, you know, I, th I think it's just the specific site. You have, you have absolutely just ridiculous criticisms that sh shouldn't really be validated at all. Like, why are there black people in the revolution? Oh, well, St. Domain naming at the time, Haiti now, uh, you know, massive, massive uprising just before and a little concurrently with the uh, French Revolution as well. So it makes sense. It makes sense why why they why Annette and Ed Edward are there as well. So come on now. Um, mm. Otherwise, yeah, a lot of um, lot of people have loved it. Um, great reviews. Everyone's excited for season two for it to get better. Um, there's a lot of some hardcore game fans aren't liking it as much because it's it's straying as an adaptation wise from uh, Rondo of the Blood. Uh, it's straying a lot more than the original series was, um, and I can I can see why they're not they're not happy with that. But it's still a good Castlevania story for what it is. It's still yeah. Good. Really good. It's still good. I know that people don't like the change of Annette, but from what I am aware of Annette in the games is that she's really not a character at all. She's just no, a love interest. She's, she's a love interest, uh, and we know that she was friends with uh, Marie, and, and, and that was it. So I think this new, new Annette is it's much, you know, much more compelling character, much has greater depth. Um, I mean, episode three, that whole episode three with her backstory and then her confrontation of her her ex-slave owner. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Some of the most beautiful sequences, actually, I think, in the whole series. Um, and to be honest, they she does have some traits-ish in common. I mean, the name, obviously, but she says her favorite color is green. In the games, Annette wears green dresses a lot, so you, they're still nodding to the original character. If you, you know, have, if you try and see the wood through the trees, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna get to begin in the final thoughts, heading out of here, and then give a rating for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it has some inconsistencies here as far as the eight episodes. Um, just feels a bit rushed in some of the stories that they talk talk about here with a lot of these different characters. Um, some interesting stuff, though. I mean, I like how they infuse the real life history here of, you know, 1792 French Revolution, how they infuse that, how they infuse the, the slave trade into, into telling the story. Um, I thought it was very good. I still think the animation is about as on par with the first Castlevania series. I think the action is still about there. Um, I have to wait and see um, if, if this is, I don't want to say it's, it's lesser at the moment too much because it is the first season and it's getting another season. The first series had four seasons in it. Um, and so I, I want to kind of wait a little bit until we kind of get it to when the show wraps up in order to compare it. Um, it'd be kind of like if you did Legend of Korra the first season compared to all of Avatar The Last Airbender or something like that. You know, you don't want to yeah. maybe just wait till all of it's done there. Um, so, yeah. Um, and also good vo voice performances here. I, uh, I do think some of it, some people are, are not as good as other people here. Um, but I do think like uh, the story of Belmont. 
Um, it's a little bit of a different characterization, I think, than we saw from Trevor Belmont, a little bit of a more, you know, he's got a lot of more emotional hangups, I think, there, which is kind of interesting, which you could explore a little bit more there. Um, but yeah, uh, so for me, I would give it, um, and it's it, and it's good ending to it, and I think it, it, it follows up well that you could, you know, excited for a season two, I think it leaves it well here, especially with Alucard coming back. Um, well, I've always loved, I loved Avatar in the last season, uh, last series as well. So I think I would give it a tune in for now. I'll give it that for now. Uh, MJ, final thoughts and rating for that. And do you need me to, uh, repeat the rating system that we have there? Yes, it came just once over. Um, yeah, so, uh, the rating system, so the highest you can give something is, this is cinema. Then below that is peak. Then below that is a tune in. Um, then below that is a stream it. Um, then for our negative ratings, you can give something a tune out uh, or a skip it and then a burn it. And then the very, very lowest rating we have, you can give something is waste of fucking film. Uh, so that is our rating system. Yeah. So I greatly enjoyed, I mean, not greatly, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I didn't have any, it was very easy to just keep going, do the Netflix binge model. I didn't feel like I have to pause too often or like, like come back to it or anything. I could just watch it all the way through because I wanted to see what happened next. Um, again, all the voice acting and character. I'm excited to see continuations because people, look, um, this was a very, like, subtly queer story, so I'm glad, like, Aurochs and Mizek are still around so we can see the continuation of their storyline. Um, George was dead, but now Tara is going to be a vampire, so I'm excited to see what her and the Countess are going to do, because I need more from the Countess. She was just kind of like, I am segment, and that was it. Uh, now we have someone with like a little bit of history with her, who's about to be a vampire, and also Maria's mother, so where do they go from there? I'm excited to see um, and everything, so Alucard's back, and it's always nice to have Alucard around. Um... I'm loving his design. They gave him the Symphony of the Night design. I'm loving it. Just pale and golden-eyed. Um, so I'm excited. It's, um, it is a, uh, I, I think I'm going to get to, like, uh, I'm going to tune in. It's like, I think people should watch it just, either we secure the season two. I, um, I still feel like there's two, if they give us another episode, eight episodes, I don't think they'll be able to finish what they're going to tell. So I want people to tune in. I want people to watch it. So we can get like maybe four seasons again, a fifth season, possibly. But yeah, it was enjoyable, and I kind of want, and I want more. Split. Yeah. So, um, I mean, to start off with, uh, I I do hope they do uh, a full four seasons again, like they did with the first one, because like I, what I can see happening is is they in season two they finish off this arc. And I'm already calling it that in seasons three and four, they can do a more proper adaptation of Ronda of Blood and the Symphony of the Night games, uh, where they bring Vlad back, then season four focuses on Alucard like the game does. Um, and I think that would be that'd be really good for the, for the fans of the video games, as well as just more content out of, out of these characters. Um, I think the Countess was... Unfortunately, just wasn't fleshed out enough. She came in at the last minute. Her her armor design was so on point. It was it was exactly thematically what was promised. Uh, 
which had been from the start of the season. Um, and also Elizabeth, uh, I can't remember her last name right now. She is actually a historical figure as well. Um, I think they said in, in the show she's from Russia, but I think uh, in real life she's a Romanian countess or something. And her crimes have been documented in history where she did did uh, did horrific things to young girls that her and her staff kidnapped. Um, Elizabeth uh, Bathory. Um, but, so she's Bartlett, something like that. Yeah, yeah, she's a uh, Hungarian. Yeah, Hungarian. That was it, not Romanian. Apologies. And um, yeah, I think I think it was like in the hundreds uh, for a few decades of her doing that. It, her victims were in the hundreds. So I think they got across her her cruelty, her her, her um, obsession with with younger girls as well, um, the pretty pretty girls uh, with the lady they kidnapped and put in the dress uh, to feed off of. Um, I think that came across. Well, if you know the history, you'll recognise it, and that's something there for you. Yeah. Um, all Rooks' powers, fantastic. Alucard, I'm loving. I don't like Alucard's design as much as I did in the first season, but I do admit he does look more, well, more vampiric, less human. Because in the first series he was like twenty, now he's three hundred and twenty or something like that. So that makes sense. Hmm. In general, the review, I would, I want to give it. It's not quite peak, so I have to give it tune in, but it's between tune in and peak for me. So, mm. okay, so three tune ins for Castlevania, not turn. Um, I have some of the uh, audience reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, some one star, half star reviews. Um, oh, goodness. Did you guys want me to read some, get your thoughts on it a little bit before we head out? Sure, why not? Okay, um, so this one half star review here, he says, Hmm, hey, did anyone else not like it? Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it hasn't convinced me. I was waiting for Castlevania Nocturne for a long time without seeing any comments, reviews, or perspectives, so as to not alter my enjoyment, and poof. Uh, I even feel bad and confused that I don't like it. I feel like uh, it's all uh, revolved around uh, Antoinette uh, without giving the others space in history, with which constantly uh, meant that every revelation involving the others had no weight. I feel like they didn't know how to add or add things to the story, and instead they removed and changed many things, taking away from the prominence and uh, constantly uh, and empathy towards them. Uh, people, if you're re if you're reading me, I apologize because I think I'm just venting. But it's the the first time I feel like a story has disappointed me so much. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's one I there. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I I, can, I disagree because Antoinette pretty much after you get her backstory was kind of that was it. She got a backstory and her motivation was save Edward, and then kind of moved on from there to like. You know, the revelation of Maria's father and, like, Trevor's grandfather revelation. Like, she kind of got the back burner until they had to push the forge, um, the night creature machine into the portal, which failed, so. Mm. Okay. Um, here's another I, one. Here. I, I can see their point of view where 
you know, they, they've been playing the games, they've been playing the games since they've come out in the, like, 90s or something. Um, and Richter is, I think, a, a, definitely a fan favourite, like a favourite Belmont for a lot of people. So I can understand there are some slight differences in this character and, and other characters, and I can understand why they, because it's not a proper adaptation, it is it is taking these characters and doing a slightly different spin on things. I think it just makes it a more interesting story, because if you just had Vlad back again as the main villain, it's just season one of Castlevania repeated. And Especially when we saw where Dracula and Lisa ended up after season exactly, one. Exactly, exactly. So it, it doesn't really make sense unless we were shown. It doesn't make sense for Vlad to come back uh, as a villain. So uh, I think it it does very well for being a more original story, but with, with these characters that, that uh, people know. And they're still represented well. Uh, I just think because it's not a perfect one-to-one adaptation, some fans can get really uppity about that. And it's not like that's not, you know, valid. And clearly Maria's going to be the probably one of the focal points next season. Her parents are now the antagonists, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that will lend credence to her um, becoming closer with Alucard, as she does in the games. Because, of course, Alucard had to you know, fight his own father in the first series. So there's a bonding there's over a vampires, par- slaughter, slaughtering your vampire parent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a parallel there, so that'll be good to uh, explore and see see them go closer because of that. Um. All right. So this one is a little bit more negative here than the last one, even though both are the same rating. But this person has a little bit more aggressive negative wording than the last review. So this is another half star review here. Um, it says, as a guy that has been playing Castlevania games since the 1980s, I can tell you that I enjoyed the first Castlevania Netflix series. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was how they changed the whip uh, and its origin and meaning. Other than this, it was pretty good Castlevania adaptation. Now, this Castlevania Nocturne is absolutely horrible. It has absolutely nothing to do with Castlevania. I had to quit after episode four because the show is so boring, all capital letters. And what world uh, did any Castlevania gamer play a game and thought that it should uh, have been about slavery, uh, three question marks, who asked for this. Uh, If you are like me and a big fan of the game franchise, there is no need to watch Nocturne because it has nothing to do with Castlevania. But that's the, (laughs) Castlevania doesn't have plots, honestly, to be honest with you, and I need people to let that go. Because it's really, uh, the plot is, there Dracula resurrects, a new Belmont appears, and then you play the video game to get to Dracula at the end. That is the plot. Yes, you may have like some things, but like if you were going to do the French Revolution and just not include anything beyond that, I don't know what you wanted. I don't know what was their what adaptation they think we're going to get of uh we're going to put Castlevania French Revolution and then talk about nothing else beyond that. Mm. Spot your opinion. I. Yeah, again, I think it's just wood through the trees. They're focusing too much on one thing that's different, and that might be because they have a certain worldview in terms of politics, or that just might be because it is the most stark change from the games. Um, but either way, wood through the trees, try and open your open your eyes and get in four episodes through an eight eight episode season. You're halfway. You might as well just finish it. Did you get any of the reveals? 
I exactly you didn't so see you're, like the you're ending judging it song. On half, you're judging it on half the story. That's not fair to the. That's not fair. And I know the games are set in Germany. I think and not not Revolution France, but you know this is the setting we're working with. As MJ said, you know the games don't have the deepest of plots or characterization. It is oh, the castles appeared, time to fight Dracula again every century. Um, and, you know, there might be novelizations. Again, I haven't played the game, so I, I don't know how in-depth, you know, certain cutscenes might go, but these games came out in the 80s and 90s. They've had decades of, you know, cult-like followings of uh, dedicated fan base. And I'm just wondering... The characters this fan, this these game fans have in their minds, is it actually the characters from the games, or is it the characters that have been built up outside by the community? Because for for series for a franchise that's been, you know, I mean that does so happen. Long. Yeah, exactly. It does happen. Like I'm in so. part of franchises where like stuff that is expanded upon either through fanon or like a supplementary material. Is what people think is what's in the show, and when you go to rewatch, and it's like not as detailed or as um um deep as they thought it was, and it's just kind of one of those things that long-running franchises things get mixed up in the wash over the decades, and you just kind of have to like sift through the material. But like um, a lot of people may like Richter from Smash, and that's a really weird thing to do. But um, it's just I, I I actually like Victor in Smash. I he's like one of my mains. Funny enough, yeah, it's like it's fun to play. But a lot of people are probably expecting like Richter from Smash, and not like Richter from like the games from the nineties. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was some audience reviews. Y'all can check it out at Rotten Tomatoes. This person, um, his name is Ken K. He left a long review here. Uh, he gave it half a star. Uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he had a lot to say about it there. I won't read that. It was really, really, way really long, but, uh, yeah. Um, so we'll be heading out. So three tune-ins for Castlevania Nocturne.